We're talking this week about teaching your children to communicate. If a child learns to communicate, then it will be a communicating adult, which means a great marriage partner. But it's our job to make that happen. You're listening to Parenting Today with Dr. Bob Barnes from Sheridan House Family Ministries. I'm your host, Ruthie J. Last week we covered this topic. This week we're covering this topic because we think it's that important for our children to learn to communicate. Yesterday you said that the new generation growing up is a cyber generation? or Cyber native. native. It's like there's this island called Cyber World. Right. They're a native of the island, but my generation is the one that's crawling onto the island trying to figure out the cyber language. Your generation, which is in the middle, mm-hmm. is very good, mm-hmm. but they're not a cyber native like the four-year-old is already learning to use his parents' iPhone. Right. I mean, it's a whole different world out there, a very separated world. But the cyber native is also not learning how to communicate intimacy at all. Mm -hmm. They're just learning how many people can I have as As my friends, friends, yes, (laughs) that aren't really friends. And they're not learning that. Mm -hmm. And just talking about a generation that's going to have a difficult time communicating one-on-one and understanding commitment to an individual or a person. And as parents, you have to know your child, your child's bent, just because they're cyber natives doesn't mean they don't have a bent, and ask questions that are not yes and no questions. And this is something I had to learn. I learned just in the last couple years. Even with all my experience in radio, there's a proper way to ask questions where you ask it open-ended. They don't end in yes or no questions. And that will get your child to communicate a little bit more. Tell me about this. Well, we don't want an answer, right. We don't really want a yes or no answer. We want to open the door of communication. We want to help them learn to talk. So often as parents, we're so busy, we just think we actually want to know how their day was today. Right. And unfortunately, I think parents think, I do want to know how his day was today. I want to know what grade he got on the spelling test. Where it's bigger than that, I want to continue to expand this child's ability to talk Mm -hmm. to me and express his feelings Mm -hmm. and who hurt his feelings today. And so we've got to not go for the yes or no answers. If that's the case, just give them a couple cards that say yes and throw down yes or throw down no. Right, right. I want them to open their hearts and actually be able to share what's going on Mm -hmm. in there. And that takes a decade plus to get there. And you have to ask the question. I mean, it's not like there's a test, but if you ask the proper question, what happened in school today? Instead of, did you have a good day today? Well, that's a yes or no. It seems to me by looking at you, Roby, that somebody said something to you or hurt your feelings today. Mm -hmm. Did somebody what? And just leave it. Where they've got to make the assumption, okay, my mom knows something happened. Well, it wasn't somebody, but in whatever this was, this happened. Right. But you, you want to get them going down the road, but without pouncing and continue to ask answerable questions rather than go for the throat. How did it finish? When did this happen? And what happened when, wow, when she, wow, really? What happened when she said that? I, I want to show enough sympathy and empathy with this child that they can then feel it's safe to open more and it's safe to open more. Well, to tell you the truth, mom, I guess I'm the one that started it. Really, what happened? Mm -hmm. And it's very, very important that we not go for solution. We go for opening the relationship. And if only we can do this in our marriages too, right? (laughs) Well, we're a little more bought in there, yes. In our marriages, it takes all of us a long, long time. But the goal is just what you're saying. You know, Rosemary and I have written a book called We Need to Talk, Opening the Doors of Communication in Your Marriage. And in the process of that book, it was very interesting. Our first marriage book was Rock Solid Marriage, and there was a chapter on communication. And the publisher said, can you do another? book and just embellish that chapter. And I remember thinking when you said that, not sure. I think I gave you everything I know on communication. <laughs> That's it. And the whole process in those early years of deciding that every single evening we were going to find a way, not television, not television. If the average home has a television on between 20 and 31 hours a week, 
then why can't we sit on a porch and the kids can join us if they want or practice piano or do whatever they're doing. But there we are. Come join us and then begin to see our process. And that's part of learning communication is seeing communication Mm -hmm. and why you do this, because this is how we relate to each other. Mm -hmm. I think we've got to find those venues and especially with smaller children, or if you've not done it, maybe your children are small when it comes to communication. They could be 14. But finding the venue to open them up because it also gives them the appropriate way to deal with pain and anger. The Bible says be angry and sin not. The Bible acknowledges that there's anger, but it says sin not. I've got to have the privilege of expressing it not in a temper tantrum. You know, we spend some time on impulse control. Have the control, but one of the nice ways to have control is can somebody just let me talk about what was said to me or that somebody knocked me down in school today or somebody knocked my books out of my hands or all those things, and helping and listening to my children. Mm -hmm. And I think another great part of listening to my children is when they did the right thing Mm -hmm. and they're able to express it when so often they'll just slough it off and they do the right thing and you can say, that was unbelievable that you did that. I I think it's really, 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 really important. There was a great story going out about 10 years ago during high school graduation time, and it was a story of a valedictorian who told a story, true story, told a story of his day at school where he used to be in Christian school. His parents got a divorce. His mom put him in public school. First time in his life he was in public school. His first day of school, his first week of school was a nightmare. He hated Very, very intelligent kid, and he just hated it. And by the end of the month, he decided, I'm done. Cleaned out his locker and he's walking home with all his books. He's going home to commit suicide. He cleaned out his locker in ninth grade so that his mom, who he loved, wouldn't have to, but he couldn't take this anymore. Bunch of kids go by on a bicycle, knock all the books out of his hands while they're going by because he's kind of a dorky looking kid. And another guy across the street in his grade, an athlete, cool, walks across the street and helps him pick up the books. And they're walking still towards their house from the bus. And as they're walking still towards the house, they drop off the kid from the single parent house. And the athlete looks at him and says, hey, I'm playing some video games this weekend. Do you want to come to my house and play video games? I'm just on the next block over. And the kid looks at him and says, uh, yeah, can I have your number? And they stop and they exchange numbers. Well, they go over. They become great friends. Wow. Ninth grade, 10th grade, junior year, senior year. Senior year, this kid from the single parent household is the valedictorian. He's telling this story. Nice. But he tells the story and it's the first time only his mom knew he was going home to commit suicide. The day that somebody reached into his life and actually acknowledged his existence. The irony is in the story, you realize that the parents of the kid who did this didn't really know that that's how they got to be friends. He went over and helped him pick up the books and everything and the emotion afterwards. You did this. How good was that? Why didn't you tell us that? Well, I, I didn't know mom. I mean, I just went over and helped. I mean, you kind of train me to do that. I think if we can open our kids' hearts and give them enough time to actually talk where they don't have to jam it in and enough time to sit there and say, hey, let me tell you this happened. Let me tell you that happened. And Roby telling me there was a new kid at school and me saying, did you go sit with him? And it was ninth grade and Roby said, no. He said, you're going to make me do that, aren't you? And I said, no, I'm not. I'm not. You don't have to. I didn't say anything more, but I said, remember in sixth grade, your first day and you ate by yourself. And you're telling me that this boy named, you don't even know his name, ate by himself at lunch. That's how you knew he was a new kid. And so sometime later, I said, hey, what's the story with the new kid? Hey, his name is Ryan. And we went and ate with him. So you walked over there to eat with Ryan. He said, yeah, I did. I took some kids. That's awesome. Well, Mm -hmm. Ryan Brasington's one of his best friends today and is another pastor here in town right now. But just listening and processing and then cheering and then going crazy and you did Mm -hmm, the right thing. mm -hmm. So you slowly help them realize it's not only a good thing to talk, but wow, I get attaboys talking. And that will, if I get enough attaboys, I can risk failures and Mm -hmm. saying, well, let me tell you with the other thing that happened in school Mm -hmm. today. Find the time. In our house, we talked yesterday about the drive time was huge. Another ginormous time was bedtime. And not only sitting on the side of the bed and praying with them, 
but staying in there for a while. And one of mine would want me to sit there. Tori would want me to sit on the floor with my head back on the bed and her behind me, and we'd be talking to stuffed animals. And I'd be talking all her life. And the other time, to enhance this communication, I'd go into Roby's room, and he'd always have a place in bed. He'd have the other pillow. They'd lie down here with me, Dad. Yeah. And and both of us staring ahead into the dark, it's just easy. And that's when Roby would ask sex questions right. or God questions <laughs> because Dad's not going to look at me. I know Dad's right. nervous, too. Yeah, You won't and, see my face yeah, go yeah, red. Yeah, yeah. Well, Dad's face is red, too. <laughs> And beginning the process of answering those questions. And so I think we want to find those venues and stay there another 15 minutes. And even when they'd done something where they were put to bed early Mm -hmm. because they violated or whatever and we're putting them to bed. And you're upset at them a little? Yes, very. Usually, Tori, I was very upset at. She (laughs) drove me to the wall. And there's little Tori in bed and I'm going in there. And I need to go in there. I don't want to go in there, but I've got to go in there because it's kind of a tradition that when I'm home and they go to bed, they've got 15 minutes of me. Mm -hmm. Do I want to do that? No. Is there other things I wanted to do? But eventually it became huge Mm -hmm. in our lives. And part of that also became Friday nights. Friday nights, we had a requirement in our house that they both slept in Tori's room. We act like it was a punishment. Okay, you know, you have no options here tonight. You have to both sleep in the same room. They'd always laugh, and we'd pull out the trundle bed under hers, and he'd sleep down below, and she'd sleep up top. But the deal is, as long as I don't hear you, you can talk till tomorrow. I don't Mm -hmm. care. Don't go running around the house. As long as I don't hear you, I don't even care which bed you're on. As long as I don't hear you. You'd walk by every now and then, and they're talking, and one of them would have a flashlight. It's Friday night. I don't care. But they learned to talk to each other and got very, 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 very close doing that. And be friends with each other. Oh, they did that till she went to college. That's awesome. Yeah, I, but- I remember late night conversations with my brother and sister. And it would just be me going to bed already and my brother knocking on the door and just saying, hey. And he'd walk in and I knew like, hey, let's hang out then. You know, oh, So I'd pull cool. out my desk chair and just sit there. And it turned into all three of us joking. And to this day, we still have jokes that only we know about and we only think are funny. But they happened at those 2 a.m. conversations that we had. Oh, they're just so valuable. It helps our kids begin to talk rather than just react Mm -hmm. or rather than stay busy or regurgitate the information they learned at school that they're supposed to think they're supposed to say. Teaching them how to process information and, you know, asking Tori questions when we're there in a room and do you really believe that and help me understand why you believe that. I mean, I'm not saying you're right or wrong. Help me understand why you believe that and putting her in a position where she's got to kind of process and and every now and then maybe say, well, you know, maybe it's not right, Dad. I don't know. But putting them in an opportunity where they have a safe place to talk, express opinion, but more even get to the feeling level and express feeling. What happens if you have multiple kids in the same room? You have two girls or two boys. How do you get that alone bedtime with them? Well, I'm not sure or- that you get alone bedtime with them unless you choose it and bring one. Hey, your little sister's in bed or your whatever. Little sister might go to bed first or however you work it out. Sure. And come on over here. I lie down in my bed while you're falling asleep. I want to talk to you for a little bit mm-hmm. and just be with them. I think that you do what you can do. One of the problems that we have is that we will listen to something like this and we will decide why we can't do it. Oh, I hear it, but I can't do that. And then we read the story of Susanna Wesley, the mother of Charles and John Wesley, 17 children, and spent an hour alone every week with every child. Now, nine of them died before they hit six years old. And it was that era. But it was also in that era that they didn't have microwaves and dishwashers and washing machines. I mean, I don't know how they washed clothes on rocks or things. Yeah, they did what they did. But 
She found one hour alone mm-hmm. with a child. Now, it might have been while she was washing things. Right. But a child got her, and she raised some incredible kids. It's, am I valuable enough? I see how valuable your friends are. They can have access to you in a second, mom, on the mobile phone. I see how valuable some of these other things. And your special television show, you know, Dancing with the Whoever's. Am I valuable mm-hmm. as a person? Do I own your ears? I need to own your ears with no distractions. Mm-hmm. When do I get that time? Bedtime is so good. Yesterday we talked about drive time. Those are good times when your children over a period of time learn. I can say and express an opinion. It might not be mom's opinion, but this is a safe place. Mm-hmm. And if you are a producer, because I'm a task-oriented person, okay, bedtime, okay, let's go, let's pray, okay, good, okay, next task, you know? Mm-hmm. You're more of a Martha than a Mary, mm. and then sometimes your kids are just so hungry, and sometimes you could be there 15 minutes, and they want another 15 minutes, and another, because they're hyper, and they won't go to bed, so you have to find the balance, but also know that, okay, the dishes can wait another hour if If necessary. you believe that. I believe that, but you have to believe <laughs> Right, that. and yeah. that's the problem. Yeah, well, I have to decide, what will I be glad I did later yeah. on? Well, my kids come back and say, man, there's one thing about my mom. Those dishes were always clean. <laughs> or there's one thing about my mom. We owned her. Mm-hmm. We owned her. She would get down into bed with us, and we got to talk. And, yes, we'd have her for 15 minutes, and we'd ask a God question absolutely only to keep her for another 15 minutes. Right. But it was okay. What will you be glad? And the number of times Rosemary found me asleep in Roby's bed. I'm only supposed to be there 15 minutes. We're talking for 30. <laughs> she comes down the hall, and he's still awake. It's hilarious. He, oh, he, he's still awake. Yes, he's still awake. I'm sound asleep. And she wakes me up and says, you need to let him go to sleep. I think, what will we be glad I did? I'm glad today I'm close to my kids. Mm -hmm. I'm close to my kids, not because of the money I spend or house beautiful. Mm -hmm. I'm close to my kids because I wanted there to be times when I could just be with them and be not lecturing, not talking and listening to their hearts. Those times for us, especially when one would be mad at me and taking her stuffed animal and talking to her stuffed animal and saying, Bear, I know that Tori's mad at me right now, and I know she doesn't understand why if you don't get out of bed, you go to bed early, and she's tired of that, but I'm in here with her, Bear, and somehow, somehow tonight, if you can tell her, that I love Tori. And Bear, I can't hear you. What? I can't hear you. And Tori's either laughing or yanking Bear out of my hand. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, I want her to know I'm here. Mm-hmm. So Bear, do you know what Tori's thinking right now? And then she would talk to Bear? Sometimes. Okay. Sometimes I'm talking to myself. Hard to believe that. Sometimes I'm talking to myself. Sometimes right. she's saying silly things because she's mad at me and doesn't want to fall completely into this trap. Right. But now that she's 32 years old, we're dying laughing about it. Right, I remember of those now. times, yes. But I want them to know you are worth me giving this time to. Set up a scenario. Bedtime is one of the great ones. You're listening to Parenting Today with Dr. Bob Barnes from Sheridan House Family Ministries. A lot of parenting resources are on the ministry website, shfm.org. That's short for Sheridan House Family Ministries. And if you want to hear this program again, share it with a friend, maybe a great idea, or listen to it again with your spouse. Go online to parentingtoday.org. You can do so there. You can link it on your Facebook page or Twitter. That's parentingtoday.org. parentingtoday.org. 